Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Sulk. Oh, what a jam-packed intro. I love that. There's so much going on in there. We'll unpack I it all. Parts of it and I love parts of it. All right, let's get through the damn introduction first. Okay. Welcome to our first podcast. This is a typical disgusting display with Goldie and the Sulk. And yes, this is our first episode. We did it. We're somehow making a podcast when no one else has been able to. I just uh, like th- to point out we were going to start this about 10 years ago and then it took us that long <laughs> to figure out how to use microphones. Yeah, You've we now had audio- spent $3,000 on audio equipment. <laughs> right. We've had audio problems for the last decade. But here we are. And this is a typical disgusting display with Goldie and the Sulk, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. So my name is Alex Sulkin, Family Guy writer Alex Sulkin, and I'm here with Family Guy writer John Goldblatt, a.k.a. Goldie, a.k.a. Julius Sharp, which is a weird story we'll get into sometime. And last but not least, the lovely JC Janice Brooks, who is our audio engineer, and the conscience of the show. And she's also a family guy, a, a peer at Family Guy, a fellow yeah. Family Guy employee. Also, you Our, just said her name is JC and then called her Janice Brooks. <laughs> JB. That would be JB. <laughs> well, I think the C stands for Cruz. Yes. Am Janice I right? Janice Cruz Brooks. Janice yes. Cruz Brooks. That's, yes. a, that's a cool name. Yeah. Thanks. And by the way, not that this matters or it's polite, but uh, Janice is by far the oldest the three of us, as you can tell by looking at us. So I'm just, I just realized that your last name is Brooks, so we can say like Brooks was here, old lady Brooks. Old lady, yeah. yeah. The world went and got itself in a big hurry. Are you wearing shorts today? No, but I've pulled up my sweatpants. Oh, there you go. They, we always got to give the, the, the people a little leg. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, there it is. To distract from the top of the head. <laughs> You'll use all kinds I of shenanigans. literally put a tiny fireworks machine right here. <laughs> just, this is a landing strip. And I would launch on July 4th. I just launch tiny fireworks in the air. I thought the, I thought the book you wrote, about so you're going bald which is hilarious by the way i thought that would kind of exorcise the bald demons for you it didn't i'm not even kidding when i say that last night at midnight i was talking to my wife and was once again moved to tears by how few copies it sold literally (laughs) oh no most upsetting thing (laughs) in my life well i i have to be upset with you because i i i don't read a lot as you know and i read i read your book and it was relentlessly funny like a speed bag of like it's the thing of like i don't know what more anyone could ask for out of something that is trying to be funny than your book if we're talking about like instructioning instructional videos for young writers uh, i i will just say that books i mean they just throw them out there you know like first that was it was promised like this will be on the front of every barnes and noble so that night i said i would really like my kids to have the memory 
of me taking them to the Barnes and Noble to see my book. Right. So I load them in the car. We have a very nice dinner. I'm anticipating this moment. I say, you know, I've worked very hard my whole life. I've wanted to be a writer my whole life. And I really wanted to do a book, not TV. I wanted to be a novelist. So this is a moment of great pride for me. I bring them to the Barnes and, and Noble at the mall. Like this is an LA flagship Barnes and Noble. Walk in. Not only is the book not in front, there's no book. On the day it's released. So, oh my God. So how is it supposed oh. to sell any copies when oh. there are no copies? Um, so wait, who, who's, who lied? I mean, what happened there? Everyone. Everyone <laughs> lies. As they say awful. in Breaking Away, everyone cheats. Everyone lies. <laughs> everyone fucks up. No one is good at their job. Yeah, well, that's true. The system true. blows. They don't want a bald man selling books. <laughs> that's right. That's the last thing they want. Shakespeare. And bald people <laughs> fucked me over, too, because none of yeah. them bought it. it. It's the only book for them ever, and they completely let me down. So I, I would say fuck the entire book industry. Also, fuck bald people. I'm What's, done the name of the book? What's the name of your book? Oh so you're God. going bald. So you're going, going bald. bald. It's enough Br- that you don't even know your husband's music. I wanted you to. Book. This is the plug, so you can get it on Amazon. Right? No, but I, I, I don't want. I, I don't want people buying it now. Yeah, don't me. buy it. Too don't, late. Don't. Too buy late. It. Don't review it. Don't buy it. I hate, as the great Brody Stevens said, I hate you first. <laughs> That's right. Except uh, apparently, I don't know if that's true because they didn't buy the book in the first place. So that's the chicken and the egg thing. We're not going right. to get to the bottom of that here. Yes. But you know what? We said we might not talk about it today, but we're here. We're yes. here. So our, let me, by way of introduction for this very funny story about your book. Yes. John Viner, uh, who was not asked to be a part of this podcast. No. John Viner uh, is a very funny writer and comedian who I went to high school with. And Goldie, you've known him as long as you've known me, so that's, you know, yes. what, 25-plus years ago. Uh, he's our good friend, one of our best friends. One we, of my we're best on a, friends. We're on a, we're on a text uh, chain together. Makes us laugh all the time. Every so time you, a celebrity dies, we make fun of them. We make fun of them. Uh, so, Goldie, when your book came out, you gave our friend John Viner... Uh, well, you, you tell the story. Well, I inscribed, you know it better. I inscribed a copy to him. And perhaps I made slight fun of his girlfriend, who right, he's still with. Girlfriend. But yes. but maybe three years ago, I thought this was the girlfriend of the time. Yes. Okay. I so you slight, you took a, you took a gamble. Fun you took a in risk. The inscription. Right. So <clears throat> I get a text. Her name is is Lily. That that yes, we'll, and she's we'll a know lovely, that later. Lovely person as well. Absolutely. So I get a text from a good college friend of mine uh, on Sunday, and he says, hey, where does John Viner live? And I said, text him back, and I say, oh, I think he lives about a mile from you. Why? And he texts me two pictures. And the first is a picture of, you know, those little libraries that are people put in front of their homes that are give a book, take a book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They look like tiny houses in you. Yeah. So the first is a picture of my book, in one of those little libraries. No, do I we read. have that picture? Can we share that, or is that not possible? JC's like, I only do sound. Why was no, anyone talking that. to me? I could do you, on on Zoom. You want me to do? Yeah, that? we can put it up on the Zoom. Uh, um, okay, uh, so tell the story, and I'll find. So it. yeah, you, I'm sure you can find this somewhere on the internet. The first is a picture of one of these little libraries with my book in it. So someone has given the book away. It's a neighborhood free library. It's sort of like take one. We're yes. we're a cool neighborhood, and we read. Yeah. Yeah. Don't throw your books away. Throw them here. Yes. Oh, there it is. There we go. There's my book <laughs> in that little library. And the second picture is a picture of the cover open and the inscription I made to John Viner. So John Viner took my book that I inscribed to him and threw it in a giveaway thinking I would never know. So I right. know. So just two things. The first is if you have a copy of my book and you want to get rid of it, you better... Bury that thing. You better <laughs> throw it out at sea. You got to bin, La- bin Laden that thing in the middle I, of the ocean. I have contacts everywhere, and I will take it extremely personally, and I will know, and I will hold it against you the rest of your life. The second thing is he has a 4,000-square-foot house. Like, it's not like, you know, there's so much clutter here. I got to get rid of this 
this token of friendship one of my best friends gave me because I'm just tripping over so many sentimental objects. Objet da. Objet da. That I, I need to just jettison something that means a lot to me emotionally, be, just only because my house is full of so many sentimental keepsakes that I cannot walk without just stumbling over a memory. This, this is an empty house of a of a, a guy. They're not married. He he can have whatever he wants. There's no kids running around. They don't have a. Cl- I have. I don't have like. Oh, there's no old board games of Operation missing ten parts and. Just I know. Kids crap everywhere. There's. There's nothing. So he's taken this thing that I gave him and he's gotten rid of it just because it meant nothing to him. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And this and is I like found a, out. <laughs> but this is like a good Hitchcock story because you planted an important detail. You buried it early in the story. You said, and I, and I may have poked a little fun at <laughs> his girlfriend, Lily, okay. in the inscription. So now when you spoke to John, he claimed... That it was oh, Lily's fault. Oh, he threw fault. her under the bus immediately. Right. That yeah. it was Lily's fault and she got rid of it. But that story is credible when we see what is written in there. If we have that second picture. We don't have it, do we? Here it is. No, we do. Okay. Viner and the first <laughs> Lily. <laughs> okay. this, des- well, this destroys the resale value. <laughs> there you go. Julia God Sharks. forbid anyone designated as a comedian makes a joke. The fir- <laughs> Boy, you have two jokes. You have two jokes in here. Two jokes. Sure. You could have just gone with one, but instead you dropped a bomb well, you know on me. Lily. I, I always think no matter what I do, it will never be good enough. And I'm right. <laughs> it wasn't good enough. It so was... it's it's credible that Lily did see this book and say, oh, I didn't know. Did Goldie write a book? Wow, you never mentioned it. What, what the fuck is this, John? This is getting out of the house and you don't care about me and it's going now. You know, you could see that easily turning into a situation who's the second lily as well (laughs) okay so you're the the point of all that is that you're an acclaimed author acclaimed (laughs) acclaimed by me it's a worst selling book (laughs) it's so funny we should do an entire episode on just disappointment but i'm 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 worried that it it won't be an episode it'll be an entire podcast i know well that's what we're doing right now disappointment yeah uh you know what we're we're here on the precipice. We did we didn't talk about dogs like we were gonna, but no. we're, we're we're sliding into the Johnny jokes. Yeah, yeah, they're just, just happening that. naturally. Yeah, we can. So, all right, so this is a part of the show where, and again, this is uh, for writers very important. Johnny yeah. Carson, of course, the king of late night, uh, and uh, we're all of the age where we kind of caught Johnny a little bit on the decline. He was not quite. The sharp, you know, sharp as attack, like he was in the in the early seventies. We kind of got uh, an an aging, uh, more dentury Carson, an elderly quipping egg. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Johnny. Nebraska egg. But we <laughs> we loved him. We we worshipped him. I mean, of course, Letterman was coming up, but Johnny is still the gold standard, and his jokes had a certain style to them. So, as a writing exercise. We have added a segment that we call Johnny Jokes. All right, it's longer than I thought. We can fade <laughs> can that out. That I just will point yeah, out, no, though, for beginning writers, like th- these are really the building blocks of entire careers in comedy like you start right. out by doing these and then if you can do these and you can do characters who say these now you're writing scenes and then you put a bunch of scenes together now you've got a script that's the whole that's thing. right this is this is the uh the mud of the pueblo Ooh. as we've uh <laughs> we're, we're putting it together here this we're building exit. our comedy house um and we're we're by the way you said if you can do these we're about to prove that we can't so yes you can't both of us have written a few johnny jokes and and uh johnny johnny other johnny uh would you like to go first or would you like me to start i think you start and uh, that helps me find the voice when you when all you right start. uh okay let's try a couple of these <clears throat> <I'll> start start <clears throat> starting off starting off slowly here uh president joe biden uh has uh, released his 
tax returns. Uh, pundits say that the returns remind them of Ronald Reagan's. Uh, not that they made the same amount of money, but the fact that they both deducted the clapper. <laughs> You'd like to mention the clapper. <laughs> yeah, some of these will not work and will be uh, <clears throat> starting very slowly. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Uh, the Hollywood Home, formerly owned by Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain, is up for sale. Uh, you know, a friend of mine uh, toured the property and said it smells like teen doo-doo. <laughs> Why is Terrible. a teen taking a shit? <laughs> well, you know, older people would think they're teens, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love, even though they're not. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a tag to that one, because if the first one went well, which it really did, it really did. I would tag it with it. Uh, realtors say it's the... it's. <laughs> sorry, I fucked that up. <clears throat> Realtors say it's perfect for a young couple looking to raise a vein. Oh, dark. <laughs> Very dark. <laughs> Thank you, JC. Yeah, we got to get some kind of laugh track for this because it's death. <laughs> By the way, I slayed the other night with these and we're using new ones. I wrote new ones. That's okay. Here we go. This one guaranteed hit. Guaranteed. <clears throat> uh, this story, and everyone's talking about it. Uh, today is a world... <laughs> World B Day, uh, you know, and apparently uh, global sentiment for the winged pollinators is so strong that uh, supporters even enlisted the help of a Madison Avenue PR firm. Uh, that's probably why there's so much buzz. <laughs> I like that one. I, I like yeah, global, I po- global pollinators is great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, that's it, Goldie. I'm skipping the rest because right. I knew I, I had You're to end closing on closing on biz. <laughs> All right, you're We've got set you up. Anderson. Stay tuned. <laughs> Greg Evigan will be out here tonight. All right, hey, I'll, I'll throw a couple out there. <clears throat> Tensions continue to mount in the Middle East, where Israelis and Palestinians still can't agree. Is it Yanni or Laurel? <laughs> oh funny subject too dated reference it's got it all <laughs> that is the carson signature <clears throat> you will soon be able to pay 55 million dollars to go into space and for an extra three million they'll rent you headphones <laughs> <laughs> any kind of airplane airline humor in yeah. the monologue always carson safe yeah it's, it's good for that audience. Yeah. <clears throat> Supermodel, Supermodel Naomi Campbell has given birth at 50 years of age. Mm. She's so old. How old is, is she? she? She's so old, the afterbirth was fermented. God, so <laughs> gross. <laughs> now, that's an example of a joke Johnny would never tell, <laughs> but... The baby somehow... was covered in kombucha. <laughs> there, there you go. Follow up. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll do one more. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> Darwin's Arch. You do learn about stuff sometimes in these jokes, which is nice. Darwin's Arch, a famous rock formation in the Galapagos, has collapsed. You know it's a bad year when even rocks are giving up. <laughs> All right, and cue the music. Great fade, professional fade. It is fun to do. It is. It's fun, even when they... And by the way, that's the secret about Carson, is he was funnier when he bombed than when the joke worked. I mean, just him kind of with egg on his face was always hilarious. So we, we gave some examples of that today. It's a great Just tribute. as a learning experience, nothing to do with not being like able I'm, to come I'm up with the bizarrely goods. bizarrely the opposite, where I'm neither funny when the joke works or when it bombs. No, that's not true. <laughs> not true. Not true. You're, you're funny, funny in both. Yeah. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. 
So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay. So now now we're going to get to the theme of the show, which I was supposed to mention before, and I didn't. So the theme of today's show, for all you aspiring writers out there, or maybe just you're curious, uh, the theme of uh, today's show is the spec script. Now you'll hear this term a lot, the, uh, uh, the spec script. We believe that it is short for what? Speculative? Speculative script. script. Speculation script? Speculation. Spectrometer script. I guess we could have Googled it, but you know. Yeah, no, we, 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 we're, we're not I know to... script is not short for anything. Right. I don't know what spec is short for. <laughs> is script not short for scripture? Or is that different? Scripticus. Okay. Scriptation. It is speculative. Yes. Speculative okay. script. So this is a script that you're, you're not even sure it's a script. You're speculating. <laughs> hey. I want a job as a writer. Neither one of us knows what a script is. Maybe this is one. You tell me, even though you're speculating as well. Am I speculating? Who's speculating? Or are you speculating? I don't know. So, but basically, a spec script is like, if you want to be a writer, that's your calling card. Not that there are calling cards anymore. But that's what you show to people. That's what you're going to show to agents, uh, other writers, network people, managers, you're going to say, hey, here's a script I wrote, and I hope you enjoy it. And a based off that... page calling card. I know, but but we, we're going to talk about that. I, I contend that they should always be under 50 pages, but for especially for a half-hour uh, sitcom spec. But this is the script that you're going to show around and hope that you get hired somewhere or represented by someone. So it's an important thing. Now... Everybody used to say, oh, you got to have two. You got to have, you know, something that like a, a modern family and then something that you wrote that's original, an original spec script. Uh, and we're going to talk about, do you even need two anymore? I contend that you don't. I feel like that kind of went out the window. Every time I get sent a script now, it's one script. There's never like a follow-up no thing. No one it's wants like, to read even one. I know. Well, <laughs> As, that's having staffed- the trick. Now three shows. Whoa! And first, well, first of all, the the notion that like you get a show, so someone gives you a show. You've you've run the gauntlet and somehow gotten a show, and then you need to hire writers, and that people wonder like why is there nepotism? Where you go, I have this once in a lifetime opportunity. I've been working in this business twenty years. Am I gonna get people I know to help me? Or am I going to just hire a bunch of random people who I have no idea who they are or what they're like to help me complete what may be the biggest opportunity in my life? Right. So already, if you're in the pile, why would they hire you? Right. I mean, and that's obviously there can be a rebuttal to that question. I mean, there, there there is a process where you could read somebody's spec script, enjoy it, have a meeting with them and feel like, oh, I get along, I vibe, as the kids say, with this yeah. person. And so yes. I will hire them on the show. And this is someone I didn't know. You know, I'm not just going to hire uh, my best friend or some people I've worked well, with before. From the from the showrunner perspective, when you do get the show, one of the, <laughs> one of the hard things about it is you, in the back of your head, you're thinking... Now I'm going to have to somehow convey to my friends I don't actually think they're funny and I can't and I won't right. hire them. But and they're I prefer to put my fate in with a bunch of strangers who but seem funnier. That's true. But there's also, as you know well, there's a uh, the right way to do that, which is also partly true where it's like, oh, my oh, I would. But the studio wants diversity and we need, you know, this here and we got to have younger people here. You can just always kind of talk them out of it i, yeah. I feel to, like to in, in a, and if you just if you hem and haw and you know grab right. your hair like if these these darn suits yeah. well, just let me hire who i want that i'm i'm gleaning from this is that remember no matter what you're told about why you didn't get the job the real reason is always personal <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
It's not personal. Uh, they just can't fit you into this. It's personal. <laughs> it's personal. <laughs> it's personal. Um, so but getting back to the spec script. So this is the thing that's going to make or break you with a lot of different people. So how do you, what do you want to do there? And and now let's just, because I'm not hearing any dissent, Goldie, that I think it's one spec script now. I don't think it's two. Well, it's it's really three pages. I know. It, because I know. You first of all, but explain again, that. Explain that. If 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 on the other end of it, the person who's in charge of reading all of these, you you might start out with the best of intentions, saying I'm going to read all of every script and give everyone a full chance. Twenty minutes in, you will abandon that because it's impossible. You'll start giving everyone ten pages. That will become five pages, and that will become. If I don't like one page. I'm done with it. So to be clear, just to clarify that, that means that when you're looking at someone's spec script, while we should be sitting there and reading it from start to finish with a, you know, a nice cup of coffee by a roaring fire, what really <laughs> happens is you've got like half a turkey sandwich on on the other page and you're like reading the front page. You're like, I don't like this guy's character name. Goodbye. Well, sometimes, first of all, sometimes you open a script and there's a list of characters and their traits and stuff. And you just go like, I, I can't take this on right now. I don't, I don't need to know who Tracy, I, I just need to know the name, like a relative age. I don't even know if you need a gender anymore. Yeah. Like that might be inappropriate, but, or you'll see a block of text that's establishing some camera move. You go, this person is clueless because that's a discussion later when we're filming it. You're not filming anything. You're begging me for a job. So right. just tell me, am I in a subway, a building, uh, a bakery? Where right. am I? Who am I watching? And then just start in comedy right? being friggin' funny immediately. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And we, we've talked about this before because yes. when we're reading scripts that like it should literally just be like in, in terms of character description, it should be in parentheses, Bob 45 yes. walks into, you know, a schoolhouse the, and then the, you're you're just saying funny things when i staffed my last show the the one that sticks in my head is, is so good was someone wrote interior bus dennis 28 a complete fucking cuck sits down and looks around nervously and it's like okay this person is hilarious yeah yeah i don't so they need nailed to read it. anymore Wait, did you say fucking cock or cuck? C-U-C-K. Okay, good. Even yeah. even better. Even better. Fucking even better. Cuck yeah. Was the character. That's great. Great. Yeah. Did you hire that person? No. Why, why not? They were a finalist, but it, you know, oh my it, God. It, it was just memorable various too. Various considerations. I they were a very funny writer and it it, it had nothing to do with them. It had to do with the no. network. It's a, it's a completely the separate show. We're talking personal. about the salary structure and the budget that instantly when you get a show, they give you 60% of the money you were promised as the budget tire writers. And then you, it, it goes by level. So like, let's not get into that right now. Right. All right. I'm confused because you said it's always personal, but okay, we'll move on. We'll move right. past that. Um, so you, you, I totally agree with you. And I feel like, like you said, it, you used to kind of give a script 10 pages and yes. say like, where? How do I feel in ten pages? Do I care? Am I laughing? And if the answer is no, you just kind of chuck it aside. And you're right; that number slips back where it, you get through five pages sometimes, and you're like, oh boy, I hate where this is going. I can't. I can already tell this is just. It's not right. So the best advice is what you what you just said. Like somebody put in a little, a tiny, a very brief character description that was funny right away in their script. It's like you want something in the first half of a page that makes people know, lets people know that you are funny, especially, you know, obviously. Four words, a complete fucking cuck. Yeah, very funny. And and because uh, it's it's also like you should look at the page and there should be a lot of white space on that page because... If I'm sitting with a yeah. pile of scripts dialogue. and I go, dialogue. Yeah. But it's like even the dialogue, one or two sentences in comedy to start right. out. Because if, I, if I'm looking and I just see a, a block chunk, you know, if you've ever been on set and watch actors try to deliver this, like most actors can't handle more than a couple lines, to be, to be <laughs> honest with you. They cannot. They, they can't handle it well. And certainly oh. if. A, a character you don't know, the last thing you want to see is a, a character you don't know 
have never seen before, just start foaming at the mouth like I'm doing on this first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like it, 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 it really is, you know, the, the person you're writing the script for is balancing a billion considerations. Hiring writers is one small one and, and not even the biggest one. What what and, are the other nine? Uh, oh what are the other God, all the way to the lunch? The lunch? No, no, for real. There's <laughs> you've got to get the studio space. You have to get a but line you don't, producer. You don't. You don't have to get studio space. Not you. But you have to hire the line producer. So you have to. You don't know anything about line producing, or I don't anyway. Right. No. Barely knew what that person did until I got a show. Like it was just a a thing that ran in credits. It said line right. producer. Do they? in fact make lines right and then all of a sudden they say you have to hire a line producer so you're hiring for a job that you don't even know what it is and then you have to interview a bunch of people okay we'll take it and that's the first thing i'll stipulate i'll stipulate that there's a lot to do when you're running a show thank you (laughs) (laughs) we're back on planet earth yeah (laughs) so i but but basically the, the point being is that you know, I, when you're writing, you're hyper focused on just, uh, you know, you think you might be coming up with this masterwork by elaborating on things, and really, the person reading it just wants a fast food hamburger. Not totally. That's 100% a hundred percent right. Meal. That is that is totally right. Yes, you want. Uh, yes, you want a McDonald's cheeseburger, just something fast and delicious. And yeah, you know, because really what you're trying to do is get to the next stage, which is you want an in-person meeting. Right. And that's where you're selling yourself again, which is, you know, I've had meetings with people and the script is brilliant. And then you you meet them and you you kind of go, I'm trying to picture spending six months with this person and it's painful to spend 20 minutes with them. That's unfortunate. Yeah, Yeah. that does happen. That does happen. Yeah. And so, I, but I, you know, you, like your your spec script is really a smaller portion of your hiring portfolio than maybe you assume it is. Right. Right. And so many, many years ago when I had a spec script and that was back when I was writing with Wellesley Wild, uh, we wrote a couple of spec scripts. And the one that I still think is is funny and uh, I'm proud of and, and got us a lot of attention in terms of just getting a bunch of meetings was we wrote a, like a mashup of everybody loves Raymond and the Sopranos. It was yeah. sort of like a, and awesome. it was, it was short and it was funny. Like it, it, and it, you know, we put cursing in, like you said, you know, the, the fucking cuck, like we made just little decisions to like make it R rated and all that kind of stuff. When pe- when everyone was writing like a very, straight down the line Frasier or, yeah, right. you know, or friends or something. This was, this seemed different. So it's sort of like that annoying, you know, the guy who wrote his college essay in crayon kind of thing where that guy got Stood attention out. and he yeah. got into whatever school he was doing right. that for. So there's some element of that. Like you have to in some way get the person's attention and make it memorable. Like, cause you're reading yes. 30 and you're going to remember three. So, so like, I literally, make yourself I, one of the three. As we're doing this, I'm thinking, what scripts have I remembered in my life having read hundreds? And here, here yeah. they are. The, the one I just said, complete fucking cuck. The mm-hmm. second one is it, it Didn't started hire on a cold open. It was a cooking show. And the person was making some food and then discovered a human thumb in it on the air. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. And it was like right away you said, okay, that was written by Sarah Peters, who's I've, I've now hired twice. Nice. Who's just nice. a great writer. But that, that was one. Uh, then when I had Making History, which was a time travel show, uh, there was oh, you a don't have to t- you don't have to tell us that. All Come right. on. There was a novelist. Her name was Emma Rathbone, and she had a time travel script that was better than my show. <laughs> <laughs> so I remembered that because as I was reading it, I was like, oh, no, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Can I go back in time you and do this the show? Wrong script. This is way better. <laughs> and then I tried to hire her and she went to glow instead. Oh, um, but God. she was a really talented writer. Um, and probably remains one. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh, and then the uh, the last script I remember was by a guy I, d- I don't even remember his name, and it w- it was just I, I I couldn't even 
consider him because of level reasons, but the script was about personal personal reasons. Well, no, I didn't know. Right. <laughs> uh, so the the script was about a guy who moves into a new apartment because he got divorced from his wife, and then his neighbor comes and introduces himself. And then he's like, oh, that's weird. And then another neighbor comes and introduces himself. And then it turns out he's accidentally moved into a building of sex offenders. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's like your Sopranos, Romanos crossover. So it's got to be that good if if you're no offense and nobody. Oh. Well, so uh, in in terms of just to get through a few logistical things about specs, because we've we've spent a while on it, but specs, we were talking at the beginning uh, about 50 pages for a comedy. I say you want that number to end in the fours. I I think it should be, you know, anywhere from 42 to, you know, 49, I think is fine for a spec script length for a comedy. Um, And as Goldie said, make it don't bog us down in stage directions like there's nothing more tedious your mind just starts to skim you start to fall asleep it's like just get to the jokes have dialogue you know let us know kind of what the story is just show us you're funny don't over egg the pudding with all these goddamn stage directions because that's it's the last thing people want to see so in terms uh three acts Although sometimes they say four now because of the commercial breaks are, are differing. Although or sometimes nothing. none because of streaming. They yeah, it's no streaming. So who gives a shit? But so you should think what we just said. No, I still think that even even a, a streaming show has the three act structure. Yes. They just have abandoned the commercials. Um, but so have three acts, and the best way to have three acts is to make an outline. An outline where you have three columns, one with each act, saying, this is how this act is going to start. Here's the story meet here. And here's a moment that's kind of exciting to end the act or somehow very funny. And do the same with act two. How's the story moving forward? Here's the meat of the act. Here are our characters interacting and moving places and moving the story forward. End of the second act. Again, Something very funny, something that's elevated, you know, from the rest of the material, even. It's called an act blow. And that's, you always want to go out of your act on like a very funny moment. Then act three, obviously everything, act threes, I have noticed, can be shorter because there's, uh, all the action is coming to a head. And sometimes it doesn't take that long for the action to come to a head. But you want act three to be brisk. And you want to have, obviously, the act three blow, the show blow, to be hopefully the funniest thing in the show or some very clever, satisfying way to tie up your story. So working on an outline, it's a lot of what we do at Family Guy. We spend a lot of time making sure the outline seems right. We have you know five or six writers in a room staring at it. Obviously, you don't have the benefit of that if you're just a writer on your own. You're going to have to do it yourself. But again just it's it's all just common sense just think about the way that a story naturally progresses in a 22 minute show and then try to hang it over three acts have the end of each of your acts be extra funny you could be good particularly for comedy i i would say um you know chuck Lorre. someone told me said that every scene should be about one thing or nothing that there is something to the simplicity of especially if if you're doing a writing exercise to get hired, clarity is so important. So if you find yourself in a scene where two characters each want different things and then a third person comes in and then you notice the scene is longer than three pages, you're probably doing something wrong for this exercise. That's not to say it can't happen in a really good show or in Arrested Development. And if you're that level writer off the bat, then my hat's off to you. But uh, I think in general, err on the side of simplicity. So that's uh, that's some good advice, Goldie. That's uh, everything you need to know about <laughs> That's script. 3% of it. But kind of in a way, everything you do need to know is have it be really funny at the start. That's the most important note. I think we agree. Have it be very funny you, from the very beginning. If you do that, 95% of readers will make their verdict on you based on three pages. Absolutely. Kill it Absolutely. In those three pages. Okay, so uh, we got through the spec scripts, and now we actually, I think JC has uh, carefully, lovingly cultivated 
some Twitter questions for us about spec scripts. So, JC, what are you what are you what are okay. you hearing on Twitter? Well, from um, Daniel Gutierrez, is it true that most people prefer to read a spec script that's not from a show they produce, but a show that kind of rivals it? Well, I don't know about the rival part, but the first part is right. Yes. So like how Goldie and I work at Family Guy, we don't want to read a Family Guy spec because it's it's invariably going to seem worse than what we're doing. It's just you're not going to get it the way 20 Family Guy writers do, you know, right. week in and week out. So Who've been that, doing it for years. I, I agree. And I don't think we would want to read a South Park either, which is sort of no. like... So I don't think that it's... You, you're, Daniel's right. You don't want to submit a show. You don't want to submit a Family Guy to Family Guy writers. But I, that doesn't mean that we want to read like South Park or, or Bob's Burgers or something like that. And maybe a Bob's Burgers. I don't know. Um, but the rival thing, I think, doesn't really play into it. Just not Family Guy and make it funny. I, I personally just don't like scripts. I, I prefer to read an original sample. Because I may not know the show that they're doing, and I want to know that someone can be creative from the ground up. Well, that's a—I mean—that's a fair point. I—it's I, funny. I'm—I'm I'm lazy, so I feel the opposite. I don't—I don't want to learn about anybody's world. Like I—I I like to just say, "Oh, this guy wrote a Curb." People used to write Curbs all the time. Curb your enthusiasm. I love that show. If somebody can write a funny Curb, I'm way into that. So, okay. and I think a Curb today would be funny too. It's still on. Still on, John. What about relevant. that? Relevant. Still. How's that? Good. Let's let's hear it for the bald guys. Am I right? I mean, if you know, his existence is obviously like the greatest thing for me. But also, being a bald guy who will never be able to equal him, it it just it sort of sucks. Well, hey, a lot of lot of real estate left, a lot of yardage left. The, the... Literally anything you could do in a restaurant, Larry David has done. I know. It's all so good, too. He just nails it all. Uh, Anyway, okay, so let's have another question. Um, Okay, so from at G Druthers, what if you want to submit a script idea treatment slash treatment, you know. Already off off the rails. For an entirely new show. What is the best path for pitching a new show to producers, studios, writers that you wish to work with? Okay, well, there's there's a fatal flaw in the beginning of that, Goldie, and I, it's the fact that you're asking like, what do you do about pitching concept? Like nobody, if you're especially if you're not in like an established writer or like a superstar like Ryan Murphy or someone, he can come in with a, a notion, you know, and pitch it to someone, and they'll say, great, let's make a series out of it. But if you're somebody trying to break into the business, you don't get by with notions and and no. concepts. You have to write the full script and then try your darndest to get it to agents, executives, or or if you happen to know somebody who works on a show who could hand it to a writer on that show. Like, that's the only way you're going to get traction there. Uh, I will say, like, so many times this has happened that that people overestimate the value of the idea that they're sitting on. And I've had people over the years pull me aside and say, like, okay, I'm going to tell you something and we could split it 50-50. Yeah. And you would do the work but I have this great concept and I know you work in TV. And so, you know, I say, okay. And then they're like a cooking show on a submarine (laughs) and you know, it's nothing. It's, it's less than nothing. And then they expect that like, and then you just do everything, but we're partners somehow. So like, I will say that, that this idea that you may think is just mind blowingly genius. You, you indeed could be right, but like, you're going to have to do more of the legwork to get it going than just sort of whisper it at something. Because anyone who's like a Ryan Murphy, anyone who's big is sitting on 50 things they want to do. Yeah. And they're not just going to hear some random thing that's going to make them go, oh, you know what? The years of prep work I've put in <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to doing these other things is it was clearly wasted. By this sentence I heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. By the way, a lot of, lot of good uh, free pub for Ryan Murphy on this show yeah. tonight. Yeah. He's I think great. he's going to appreciate that. I think he's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah, the American Horror Story stuff is incredible. The OJ I thing love that. Was unbelievable. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. I that was him. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. He's really branching out. He's yeah. spreading his wings. So you know what? Talented. I applaud him. I applaud him. All right. Let's get to one more Twitter question. Oh. One more question from the tweets. Well, okay. Um, I have two more and one's shorter. Oh, boy. One's okay, shorter. We're already, we're already fighting. Go All ahead. Right. <laughs> this is from um, Gary Gennetti. Oh, oh, we have to do it because he's a <laughs> Gary Gennetti, of course, yes. very talented. Uh, family Guy writer, yes. and among other things. Yes, I'm a big fan. Big and fan. He, he wrote a book. He yeah. wrote. A, he wrote a book around the same time you did. I think I wonder, his was did, on the New York Times Viner, bestseller list. Did Viner keep his book? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, because um, let, let's be honest. We we love Gary, and he's incredibly talented. But we would all be terrified to do something like that to Gary. We would never. Give oh my his book god! Away. And yeah. he, his book also was. Hilarious! I, I read nothing, and then I get inundated with the the two funniest books I've ever read. So, anyway, um, go ahead. His was about fifteen thousand words shorter than mine. So, <laughs> is is it a book or is it sort not of that a, anyone's counting? Yeah, is it I, like a, a pamphlet? I I don't know. It feels weird to call it that, but it's a good audiobook. I listened to the audiobook because yeah, did, if he, you read got it? did he read it? Minutes, yeah, he read it. Um, fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're so, saying it's not long. Okay, go ahead. What did so Gary? His, what did his Gary ask? His question is: Can a spec script lead to a podcast? Okay, so now, Ooh. yeah, ha ha, Gary, ha ha, very funny. Oh boy, I really hope no one else in that royal family croaks and pushes that series back any further. Oh, oh return of fire, Gary! Return of fire! What did I do? All right, okay. And our, our last question is from at Gina God. Mm-hmm. How Try you... following Gary. <laughs> I know. We should have ended with Gary. But okay, let's go. Okay. How do you handle the fear of accidental plagiarism when it feels like everything's been done before? And in parentheses, love you both. Oh, well, I like the, the parentheses. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Miss God. Um, yeah, I you know, I, I think... When you go to write something, you just have to ask yourself, am I aware of this having been done before? Like, and then if you, if it feels incredibly familiar to you and you can't figure it out, use the internet and, and try to figure out if what you're thinking of has been done before. But I would say if you, if you come in with an idea and it, it, you know, you didn't steal it and you have never heard of it before, I think you can go in confidently and and write it because not everybody's reading scripts saying like oh my god this is exactly like mod you know like <laughs> i i'm not connecting all the dots from like television history and obviously some things some ideas are similar to other ideas and things sometimes feel familiar but we as readers i think can tell like oh this guy just ripped something off blatantly or oops i think this guy has no idea that this other thing exists. I think you can just don't let that be your stumbling block that you're worried about accidental plagiarism. If it's accidental, then who cares? Uh, yeah. I think that people who come to this from stand up and aren't just writers sitting in a room, have a little more insight into this because you know, when we were, you get so precious about your material when you're starting out doing stand up. that I remember people who are comics of no consequence kind of going up to each other and saying like, you know, your joke about laundry is very similar to my bit about house cleaning. You know, and it's like, no one knows either of you. Right. It's totally fine. So I would just say that, you know, I think we all, like I was just alluding to, kind of overestimate the importance uh, and the significance uh, of our own ideas sometimes and think that the concept might be just so valuable that if if it leaks out it's going to get stolen and turned into real money and i'll just say that like the process of turning something into real money is so difficult oh as as we proved trying to get this podcast sold (laughs) we did we never achieved it there's no real money it's all monopoly money that everyone's talking why wouldn't people give money to a totally unproven concept by people who've never done it before this is a spec (laughs) podcast i know basically Basically. yeah and by the way we've gone well over 50 pages too long yeah (laughs) we've done exactly what we said not to do back and edit you know yeah well well, jc well this is where she works her magic (laughs) she's the conscience of the show by getting it down to like 57 minutes um 
All right. So great. Thank you, Twitter. And thank you, Gary Gennetti. We love you. Yes. Um, yes. You're guess. very important to us and you are a fantastic writer. You're better In fact, than I am. You, you and Goldie, you and Gary are the, the two people I always say are the best writers I've ever worked with. Like well, just say yeah. Gary from now on. No. no. Well, I do when you're not around. But it, it, I'm, <laughs> today you. I'm including you in it. Um, and he's kind. he's incredibly talented. Um, you're in my top five. Thank you. Nice. I'll take it. Speaking I'll take of it. Top five. Uh, speaking of top fives, wow, that was he meant that as a segue. I that know was I'm in his top two. Brilliant. Um, very good segue. So we're doing a, a bit that'll probably be cut uh, for time in future episodes. We're not confident in it. Goldie hates it, much like the theme at the beginning. Remember that theme a while ago when you were young, <laughs> oh before God. we started the the Irishman podcast here. I've shaved twice. I know. While we're doing this. You got another report from the doctor and things aren't looking so good. (laughs) What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard... We think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, so let's buzz through this. Okay, the, so the category today of top five, we're going to talk about our top five sitcoms of all time. These are the ones that we enjoy the most, we think are funniest or best um and this jc i'd like for you to go first oh i'd like for you to go first oh, okay i'm are you ready i'm ready did you do your homework i did my homework but okay better not be weird you're gonna be judged yeah I feel i'm just like kidding i'm worried about being judged, no but I'm, I'm, just... I'm very interested okay. i want to hear what it is my number one is all right let's go five let's go oh, five. my number five yeah is <laughs> our top song of the week is <laughs> now stay here's tuned to hear number 40 <laughs> yeah, yeah. here's the the weekly top 40 countdown let's start with number one <laughs> okay oh so God. five okay all right, I, five. I, my number five is friends Okay. And, and, um, Strong disagree, but I, know, I respect the, yeah, I, your right to say it. There is something about it that's I never watched it live. Um, it's, I really? I watched it later, and there's something comforting about it for me. And totally. I, I actually laugh more that I I rewatched it recently, and I was like, wait, this is I'm laughing so much. I didn't actually realize it was fu- this funny. I. Uh, it's funny. I started to rewatch it because it's on a, some streaming network. Is it on Netflix it's or on HBO? Peacock? Yes. HBO maybe. HBO Max. That's yeah. what it's on. Right. That's where I watched. So it. I, I when when I got HBO Max, you get excited about a new streaming service, and I was going through it, and I started watching Friends. I started watching the first season, and it's listen. It was like let's put it this way. It makes sense that like Jay Leno was king when Friends was time. killing it. Yes. Like it, it just feels like they're of a, of the same piece yes. in a weird way. Yes. And not that I like Leno is in his own way like a genius. Like and he's a, an incredible stand up for a long time. But then when he hosted the Tonight Show, it just everything felt a little soft. Yeah. Friends to me felt soft, but yeah, and I will uh, say Lisa Kudrow is great. <laughs> yes. I, I love her I in the agree. show. And she won multiple yeah. Emmys for that role. But I will oh, yeah. say that um, when you binge it, they are, they do, they're pretty annoying. And I had to take breaks and come yeah. back. So, all right. Sorry. So that's. I, I, I didn't watch it live either. And then uh, I my, did. my daughter at eight discovered it. And I, I liked it more than I thought. But one thing I'd recommend if you're a parent, it's, it's a really good way to introduce kind of adult concepts and talk oh. about them. 
because they are kind of children and childlike and i think that explains its appeal is its its simplicity and that like my daughter was able to like learn about dating like what that was and right and the the dangers of high-waisted jeans right yeah like roommates (laughs) and i I, so i i would say it's almost like an elevated like kids show show. (laughs) maybe that's why i like it (laughs) all right okay my number four um, yes is the simpsons oh great Um, great yeah that's that for me that's like watch that Memorize word, you know, lines from that. Reference it in everyday totally. life with my husband. Ha- and- I had the VHS tape in college with like four episodes of The Simpsons on it that like I, we early would just seasons. gather together. Yeah, early seasons. Yeah. Watch over and over again. Great. Same VHS. So funny. Um, number three is The American Office. Mm. Okay. Um, I, so I, funny. Yeah, I didn't really watch the British one all oh. the way through. Which oh. I probably will now that I'm saying this out of shame. Yes. Um, but I love The Office. Um, number two, Arrested Development. Okay. Um, I love that's that. The season one of that I thought was hilarious. Yeah, I, I do. We get it. You're smart. Is that what that means? <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a really good show. You're saying JC's smart, right? No, I well I'm kind of kidding. <laughs> I I mean that show is is like reading. Is it what? It's funny. It's very funny, but it's so dense that for someone like me who like turns on TV to just really veg out, it's it's well, too just, hard. Just for just it. for just for Bob blah blah along yes. alone. There are like, many deserves... funny jokes. It just like you have to remember a lot to follow it, and it's like you can't rely on me to do that. <laughs> okay, I get it. Fair, fair enough. Okay, and my number one. Um, is community oh that is i mean i've watched that through seven see to me i've never seen community okay i have never seen it i just i don't know why i was in a a weird bubble in that era but to me it feels like there was 30 rock and then trickled off of 30 rock was parks and rec and then trickled off of parks and rec was community like it felt like that was wow I've that never was watched the way that that went. either one of those shows, 30 Rock or Parks oh. and Rec. So that's probably why they're okay. on the list. Um, I, but I have heard community, oh people who love it, love it. Let's put it that it way. And so and Joel brilliant. McHale, friend of the show. Oh, yeah? Ted, Ted, friend of the show in oh, Ted. Awesome. Uh, incredibly nice guy. So I'm sure the show is great. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, what do you think? Goldie, do you want to go? I'm sure we're going to have some of the same ones. Sure, I'll go first. Uh, right. Number five, making history. I made it. Uh, Got okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love Are you it. really sticking with it? Yes. Love That's it. That's awesome. Love it. Awesome. Uh, number four, curb. Yeah. We've talked about Amazing. it. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, just so spectacular and and rewatchable. Like uh, almost just there's every so year. many small moments in it. Like th- there's one time he's driving with Cheryl. I think it's like season or two or season three, and they they just show an exterior shot of the car, and it's clearly like, oh, let's have something funny to cover this drive. And he goes, why don't they ever make grapes in the pie? <laughs> it's like they make cherries. They make, it's just like, oh my god, he's got some random bit lying around. <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, he's he's amazing. He, I yeah. t- I told you, have you met him? I met him once. I met him and sort of gushed at him. He looked Me too. confused. He... I felt bad for doing it. And then he walked away mercifully. And then I, at the same party, talked to Stephen Merchant for a while. So that was awesome. Oh, cool. He oh, hosted good. SNL twice while I was there. And he is in my top two hosts while I was there. Like, oh. He's just so funny. Uh, so amazing. Yeah, somehow uh, Seinfeld and Curb didn't make the cut for you, though. I know. It was, <laughs> All right. it, well, it, you I brought know, him off the list. It was in my list. Nobody's saying anti-Semitic, but it's a subtext. <laughs> um, no. So, um, no, but back to the... I, I met him. I had almost the same experience as you, or a little different. I met him. I shook his hand, and I said, I, I'm a... I'm just a huge fan of yours. And I said, you, you probably hate it when people say that. And he goes, why would I hate it when people say that? And then he walked away. <laughs> so that was it. So I, I felt amazing. almost like almost yeah. like I had been insulted by Rickles. I was like, all right. I got him a little bit annoyed. I mean, I did get insulted by Rickles. I'll save that for a different podcast. Oh, cool. uh, yes. Um, so number three for me was Gary Shandling. Oh, so 
the uh, the Larry Sanders. Yeah. Not, yes. not the Gary Shanley right. show, but the Larry Sanders. No, because of yeah, our Larry history Sanders. in late night, our Amazing. obvious affinity for it, and just the oh. way he nailed it. And and he and Hank and Rip Torn to have that that triangle of yeah. nailing it. They all nailed it. Yeah, great. And love it. So number two, I'm my number one is going to shock you, by the way, because number two is Seinfeld. Okay, great. And it speaks for itself. Obvious, obvious why. Don't need Baruch Adonai. Yeah, but number one is something that I rewatched this year, and I came to believe because of the emotional component. And not just the humor is the best oh show I've ever seen. Whoa. The American Office. I just got goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> and I got to yeah, say, t- it was the finale. Oh, I started crying when Jim said, everything I have is because of this stupid, wonderful job. It was like, what a Look, moment. You're, you're crying now. You're I crying know. now. I, <laughs> what is wrong with you? It. Oh, my God. I love you. As you get older you. and you just go like... <laughs> Nothing oh, really goes crying. the way you wanted. <laughs> I know. I love this. Nothing goes the way you wanted. Like, there are times when your own family does not like you, and you just have to keep persevering. And in doing so, when you look back, you kind of can't believe what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, that gets me emotional. <laughs> oh my God. I, Goldie, whole, do you remember? Thing. Do you remember when uh, Norm MacDonald did his final? Uh, Letterman and he cried after, yes. uh, during his set. I, yes. I actually lo- I loved that. I loved watching that. And so David Spade, who you worked with, tells a story like he's like my manager. Uh, Spade saying my manager called me the next day. He's like, Did you see Norm on Letterman last night? And Spade was like, No. And he's like, You didn't see him? He goes, No. I saw some girl crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. That's- that's what I was just thinking about you. And I by the didn't way, know you, I was gonna cry. That's I so know that's beautiful. the whole thing. I'm sure Norm didn't either. Yeah. yeah. But by the way, you left it all out on the court, and I appreciate. Yeah. That. It's, it's a, what we used to loss. call an emotional sneak attack. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You left I, it all. I had a similar reaction at the end. I mean, every time I watch it, I I cry. I mean, it's like I can't even control the the crying is so intense. Mm. God. God. Well. All right, I'm gonna buzz through my. Now list I like I facts beat, of life. I, <laughs> I, I can't beat the end of uh, yeah. I can't beat the end of terms of endearment over here. Okay, so number five for me is a show called Faulty Towers. Nice. I can watch it yeah. at any point. I find John Cleese hysterical. And by the way, along as a companion piece to the uh, Sopranos, in a weird way, it two of the best shows about a marriage. <laughs> Like they're, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Faulty Towers is the the way they are at each other's throats is so hysterical. It's great. Okay, number four, as Goldie had on his list, Larry Sanders, Larry Sanders show, fantastic. Uh, number three, Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Number two, Curb. We mm-hmm. talked about that. He's gonna and be family num- guy, isn't he? No, God, oh. no. Did, I didn't even, might not have touched the top 10. Um, number one, and you guys are fucking crazy, the British office. <laughs> the British office is was like the dark side of the moon of, of comedy. It was insanely, it, it's insane how funny the British office is. And I can't believe, Goldie, that it wasn't on your list. Like, I don't mind the American office. Being number one to me seems high. I was considering putting American Office around five, but the British Office, and you talk about emotion, and here I go. (laughs) You talk about emotion. The end of the British Office, when Dawn Tinsley comes back to the party, and they're playing that song by Yaz... Oh. Uh, only, you, only you, I think. Oh, yeah, wow. and they're having the office party, and she comes back and just takes his hand, and he's like, "Well, what are you doing back?" And just plants one on him in front of yeah. everyone, like, like as Danny would say, I- "I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it." I I'm getting goosebumps. Um, but to me, the British Office was like, you can't hit a more towering home run. Whereas the American Office started a little slow, then it got great, and then it kind of went into a valley, and then it, you know, apparently had this emotional ending, which oh, I, I confess I've never seen. But, but multiple times throughout the series, you had those emotional You did, parts. but oh my God, G- Gervais, and uh, I just, 
I can't. And Martin Freeman, who has apparently been born to be in things that I love, because everything Martin Freeman is in, I just enjoy the hell out of. Anyway, those are our lists. Yeah. And hey, guess what? We've only been on the air for an hour and 50 minutes. (laughs) That's five zero, folks. You find the cuts. You find the cuts. You're right. Um, all right. Well, you know what? We did it. We're going to we cut it. this down into something that is workable and not that long. And you know what? We may even be back for, uh, I don't know, one or two more at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more than that. Contractually, we're obligated to do more than that. Um, all right. You know what? You, we you, had you, tears. You, we had tears from you, which is Oh my God. Shocking and, and so beautiful. Yeah. Shocking beautiful, to me. I didn't know I was going to know. Yeah. See, going this in. is why you got to get a halo light, though. We want to see the tears. Yes. We want to be able to yes. taste yeah. the tears where we are. They feed off your tears. We can send you one. Should we send him one? Yeah, we'll send you a halo light. I got one here. I'll buy one. Go on. All right, good. <laughs> Please. Uh, and on that note, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next time on a typical disgusting display that with Goldie typical. and the Salt.